1: I love anytime you say, I don't know if I should say this, because I know it's going to be good. (laughs) Anytime you say that, I know the tea is going to be piping
2: hot. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast produced in partnership with the WNBA. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops.
1: And I'm your girl, Jordan Robinson, and court is in session. Those are our gavels.
2: We (laughs) really love them. (laughs) We have to fit them in somewhere. I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: Somehow. But as usual, we have a lot to talk about today because I just love picking your brain, Cheryl, on all the things that are going around the league. WNBA training camps have started it is May 1st when we are recording this. They've just started. Las Vegas has a brand new practice facility that is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I'm coming Teams are out of already... retirement. Yeah, you're coming out of retirement to get you a locker. Just for that. Faci- yes. Jeez. It's okay. so nice. It's so nice. Players are already getting waived. We mm, might talk about that a little bit. But first... Last week, Brittany Greiner held her first press conference since she's been released in Russia in December, and I was overcome with emotion. I was so excited to see her, so happy and there. There was a lot of media that showed up, but what was kind of your first, first thought when the press conference got started?
2: Um, as I'm sitting here getting ready to cry all over again. No, don't cry. Um, I won't, but it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was actually real. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yes, we knew she got released, we got her back home, she's here, she's in the States, she's with her wife. We know those things. But for me, the fact that she was actually sitting there at the mic, answering questions in person, not over Zoom. In that moment, it was real. It was, okay, she's really back. She's really going to play. And from a physical standpoint, right, because I can't speak on the mental aspect of it, but from a physical standpoint, just looking at her, she looks good. She looks happy. She looks like she's ready. Um, Just excitement and joy to, to see her back where she belongs on American soil, getting ready to do what she loves. And, you know, at that press conference, they weren't, the reporters there weren't really
1: allowed to talk or ask about specifically her time in Russia. But I do want to roll a clip from the very first question. I believe it was from Holly Rowe. And it wasn't a dry eye in the house after this one.
3: What resilience has been required for you to be sitting up here today? How have you found the resilience personally to be here with us?
4: You know, I'm no stranger to, uh, to hard times, so. <sighs> See, you cried, then you made me cry. <laughs> um, just digging deep, honestly, you know. Uh, you're gonna be faced with adversities um, throughout your life. Uh, this was a pretty big one, but I just kinda of relied on my hard work getting through it. I know this sounds so small, but you know, dying in practice, you know, and, and just hard workouts. Uh, you find a way to just grind it out, just put your head down and, and just keep going, just keep moving forward. You know, you can never stand still, and that was my thing, just never. Never be still. Never get too focused on on the now and just you know looking forward to you know what's to come.
3: That was in
1: the first five minutes, <laughs> and I'm a big crier. I cry at everything. I am a very empathetic crier. If somebody starts crying, I'm immediately gonna cry. But to your point, Cheryl, it was it hit me in that moment when when BG is talking about her resiliency about this is real, like all of the emotions that we have, have gone through just as fans. You yeah. know, I've, I've cried <laughs> just thinking about Sherelle on a random day of what she's going through. Yeah, And so now to have BG sitting there and addressing us and, and kind of talking about it, but not really
2: talking about it, it hit me. I was falling. I, I don't know how, to your point, I don't know how anyone, even if you weren't in the room, but if you yeah. go back and you watch it for her, you know, and, and BG's tough, right? She comes across as, as being tough. And the fact that you could hear it in her voice, even before she said, now you're, cry- you're crying, so now I'm crying. I, I even think for her, um, the reality of what I just went through and and here I am today back at home with my wife, with my family, with my teammates, getting ready to do what I love. See, I'm getting choked up now. Oh no. Well, it's just, yeah. you know, it puts things into perspective. Um, on days when I'll speak for myself, right. When it's like, Oh my goodness, today is such a tough day. And how am I going to get through it? Putting things into perspective. And you think about what BG just went through Mm-hmm my days are easy, you know, compared to that. So it, it, for me, it just did my heart so good to see her and to, to watch her and to feel her and to listen to her. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her. And I just, I hope this is just me. I hope she's not putting too much pressure on herself yeah. to come back and do what people expect her to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, that was that was one of
1: my first thoughts of, you know, when she did come back safely in December, nobody thought she was gonna play this season. I didn't anyway. Nobody really put that on her, put that out there because, one, we wanted her to make that choice and announce it when when she was ready. but I, I personally was like, Chill, Like, spend all this time with your wife. Like, get right. Get acclimated back to America and the normal, mundane things of daily life. But she said she wanted to come back. And her talking about it at the press conference of the last time she was on the court was the WNBA finals against Chicago. And so, like, she wanted to kind of have that bar for herself of that was the last time she was on the court. But... One of my you know, favorite questions I was asked was from the Athletic Sabrina Merchant. She said, what made you certain that you wanted to play in the WNBA this season? And BG said, I believe in me. Hmm. Like she had a huge smile on her face and she said, I believe in me and my ability. And when you have that type of con- confidence and knowing what type of player she is, she knows what type of player she is. She felt like she could work her way back to being the BG that we know the all star, everything. So, as a spectator, as a fan, I have no pressure on her to be that. I just want to cheer her on doing something that she loves. But like you said, I hope she doesn't put that pressure and that high stakes
0: on. But her you're
2: different, competitor. Well, but I'm saying, but you're different. So as as an athlete, right? And you know, I've been retired some years now. But my, my situation was different. I, I look at me and when I, when I was pregnant with my son and my first thing was, okay, my son is healthy. Now it's time for me to go back to work. So from a standpoint of, I, to her point, right? Like I knew me, I knew mm-hmm. that I was ready. I knew, yeah, I had a lot of work to do. But when you're, when you're an athlete and you're that competitive, there's a part of you that the only thing that will get you through what it is you're going through is to play the game again, to be back out on the court, working out, doing drills, getting in the weight room. Like for me, that was my, my Zen, right? That was my Zen space. And and nobody could tell me what I couldn't do when I'm in that space. So when you say as a fan, as a spectator, you're not putting that pressure on her. You're just happy to see her back play. I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. The reality of this world we live in is there are people out there who aren't like Jordan and aren't like Cheryl, who will will give her grace per se, right? Mm -hmm. And they're gonna look at her, like if, if the first time she has a bad game or the first time she doesn't show up and be the BG of old, there, unfortunately there will be people out there who will question, why is she playing? Is she ready to play? And my response to those people right now, even before the season even starts, is let her do what she wants to do in her own time. And again, I'm just so happy and so grateful that she's back. And uh, what, whichever BG, whatever BG we see on that court, I'm going to be happy to see her.
1: Mm-hmm. And this all started because she was overseas doing a job and when she was asked about that uh this was her response
2: i'm curious if the desire to play overseas in the off season is a need or a want mm. and if that is something that needs to be addressed and if it is a need what do you think needs to be addressed about it
4: uh well i can say for me i'm i'm never going overseas to play again unless I'm representing my country uh, at the Olympics. You know, uh, if, I, if I make that team, that would be the only time I would I would leave the U.S. soil, um, and that's just to represent the USA. Um, I'll say this, you know, the whole reason a lot of us go over, you know, is, is the pay gap. Um, you know, a lot of us go over there to, to make an income to support our families, um, to support our, our, to support ourselves. Um, so I don't knock any player that wants to go overseas and you know make a little bit um, extra money. Um, I'm hoping that our league continues to grow. And with as many people in here right now covering this, I hope you continue, like I said, to cover our league, bring exposure to us. I hope a lot of these companies start to invest in our craft. Because um, as you'll see this season, if you haven't watched before, we have a really good craft in, uh, in ourselves in the WNBA and um, it's a shame that we have to leave our families for holidays. I mean, you're missing everything being away, but at the same time, as much as I would love to, you know, pay my light bill for the love of the game, <laughs> I can't, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest reasons people are, are still going overseas, um, and that's why I was there, you know? So um, hopefully that changes, though.
1: Who? A a lot there. there. (laughs) Yeah. A lot in there. First, she was very certain about her saying, I'm not playing overseas again, unless, basically, unless it's for the Olympics and she's, you know, playing for Team USA. But I also love that she said, I'm not faulting anybody else if they still want to go play and get their money, because I think that's what the whole conversation when. You know, we were in the thick of this situation when BG was detained in Russia. And just as a a journalist, I kept getting asked and commenting on every women's basketball player and if they should play overseas or anything. And it's hard to be in somebody else's pockets. Like, it's hard to make that decision (laughs) for somebody else. But for her to say this is my experience and in my point of view, I'm not going to do this again but I don't fault somebody else for doing it. I felt like that was a very, very
2: great respectable answer. (sighs) Yeah. There's a, there's a lot there. Yeah. Here's my question. How many, well, when the reporter, and I don't know who the reporter was when the reporter asked the question it to BG, when she said going overseas, playing overseas, is it a need or a want? (sighs) How how many NBA players, when their season is over, get another job? Even even rookies who yeah. don't play, even the the last player on the bench who never gets in the game, how many of them have to get a second job when the season is over? None. None. So my response to that question, and it wasn't asked of me, is for the most part, it's a need, Mm -hmm. right? But because the women aren't being paid what they deserve. So you have three months of playing in the WNBA. What do you do? I believe the lowest rookie salary is $62,000. When you think about players can go overseas and play for six, seven, eight months out of the year and make a whole hell of a lot more in those eight months than they're making the three months they're playing here. Something's got to give. So if, if BG was never in a situation where she had to go play overseas to compensate for the lack of income, we're probably not having this conversation today, mm-hmm. right? Here's what I'll say on the other side to every single player that says, this is what I want to do, right? I want to go play overseas. I think you should, if that's what you choose to do and just for the experience and just to see what it's all about, I think you should do it because going overseas also doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? I I would say it depends on where you're going, right? Who you're going to play for. There's. So much has changed since, right? Since I played and since I went overseas. But the fact that that still, that that's even a conversation to this day, to me says we still have so much work to do. Like how, how many people do you know? Especially when you're talking about professional athletes, right? That's because the professional thing. athletes yeah. make crazy money, right? Yeah. There are people who, are working regular nine to fives who don't make sixty-two thousand dollars in a year i understand that but we're talking about professional athletes and to think about sixty two thousand dollars a year for professional athletes it's crazy right and there there is there is a pay gap
1: and bg no doubt has been able to bring attention even more so over these past 15 months of that pay gap when you start asking questions why was she over there in the first place oh to make a living so like that's where those conversations begin to happen but another thing I love that she did is she turned it on to the media she said if you guys cover the WNBA like you're covering me You know, Mm. that's essentially what she said. Keep that same energy when the season starts and cover us like this, write about us. That's how the league continues to grow and more guys get on it, more investors, more money, so that that pay gap continues to shrink. And then we're all dreaming of a day where the WNBA is the one and only job as a professional women's basketball player that you need. But because putting, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I just want to add the one thing to what you said when 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 she threw it back on the media, right? Uh-huh. It, to me, it's, are you here because you want to ask questions about Brittany Griner, like my what happened in Russia? Or are you here because you truly care about the W and you want to cover the W? Mm-hmm. I thought when she put that out there. She said so many great things during a press conference. But to me, that was one thing that I was like. Yeah. That was a good one. That was. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
1: And I hope it does. Like, I hope that's where, you know, I had my um, my husband's grandmother asking me about Brittany Griner. She doesn't watch the WNBA. She doesn't know a, a whole bunch. But she was like how how what's the update on that situation is she going to come back and play and then it's it's more people got involved and learned more about the WNBA from that situation and so if we're able to bring in a couple more fans any way that we can at this point to to watch and learn more about the league then we can do that um other thing I want to just talk about for the press conference is she just had BG had the biggest smile on her face she was cracking jokes the entire time she was bringing light to the end situation she was asked what is it going to be like playing with Diana Taurasi she said she was worried <laughs> that she was going to retire while she was gone but who wouldn't want to play with the walking fossil
2: which hilarious <laughs> and only only BG can say that about DT yeah. Only one.
1: The only one. That was, hilarious. That was one. hilarious though. <laughs> that was so funny. So just her her lightness. Um, she has been such a light throughout this whole whole thing. Um, but I I think the other main point of the press conference was to announce the partnership Britney Griner and Mercury had with Bring Our Families Home. Um, which advocates on behalf of Americans who are held hostage or wrongfully detained in other countries. They had a mural unveiled. So it was still Brittany Griner saying it's bigger than me.
2: Yeah. And
1: I think that was, that was powerful
2: as well. Well, just like we always say more than an athlete, mm-hmm. right? In a situation like this, we are absolutely more than an athlete and, and Brittany, you know, I think she, no, I know she totally understands the spotlights on her right now. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity for her not, not to bring light to who she is as an athlete and a basketball player, because we know that, right? We, people know who she is as a basketball player, but the fact that she's willing or she wants to continue to talk about those who are wrongfully detained and bring light to it. And, and the work's not done, right? She's home. And I think for her, it's just getting started. So to your point, that organization currently counts 54 Americans as being wrongfully detained. And I think it's a great opportunity for not just BG, not just the Mercury, but it's a great opportunity for all of us who are able to continue to do our part and do whatever we can do to help bring home, um, not just Americans, but in particular, Americans who are being wrongfully detained um, Mm -hmm. abroad.
1: Well, I feel like the press conference was great. I feel like it got me excited to watch BG play basketball again. I know I am going to be at that Sparks-Mercury game, which is going to be the first game of the season, her first game back. Cheryl, do you want to fly to LA to watch this game with me? I'm Can you get a ticket? For- <laughs> <laughs> well, Can you get a ticket? On that. Hopefully um we have some pool being the queens of the court
2: oh okay I, okay, okay okay we'll okay. see
1: we'll see about that but we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna talk about whether college players are prepared enough for what's expected to them at the pro level there's some spice there we'll be back So, we're back. Welcome back. Last month, Alexis Morris helped LSU win its first national title in women's basketball. Then she was drafted by the Connecticut Sun, number 22 overall pick. But over the weekend, Morris shared a video after her first day of group training.
3: Um, I just want to like share some insight from a basketball perspective of things. And if you play sports basketball, then you're going to understand what I'm talking about. I don't know if many of you know but i'm going to tell you anyway i am currently trying out for the connecticut suns to become a professional athlete and so there's my first day of group workouts training camp kind of sort of type deal this is for like the colleges and the institutions in order to grow the league you have to like prep the players for what's to come and in order to do that you have to watch the league you have to see the style of play the systems that they're running so that the adjustment and the transition for college for women college players to the WNBA won't be so difficult and you know and I'm not saying it's difficult for everybody but I do think that the style of play that you play in college can either help or hurt you when you're transitioning to the next level okay shots fired
2: Yes so, or not? I don't know.
1: Or not. So there are different <laughs> people are kind of taking this video and running with it a little bit.
2: Because that's what you do when it stuff is out on social media. And we're we're thirsty for some
1: WBA <laughs> content right now because we can't wait for the season to start. But just I feel like this really um, talks about the first week of training camp where a lot of rookies are coming in. This is their first introduction to the pros. And Alexis Morris kind of seems to be to me, she's saying that other people in that group training weren't prepared. That's how I took it because she's kind of, you know, responding, saying, I'm not saying I'm prepared. I'm ready.' I'm just saying that there is a gap between college and the pros, and maybe some people
2: aren't ready. But how did you take it, Cheryl? What was your take? I don't even know. I don't even know how you got that out of that video, Jordan. I don't. (laughs) You clearly know something I don't know because I got none of that. Okay. You know what? Here's what I want to do before before we even dive into the video and what she meant or didn't mean, or at least what we think. I do think she's a hundred percent correct. Yes. That we agree on. First of all. Okay. The other part of that is you can't put all of the blame on whatever college coach you're referring to or program that you're going to. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'll just say in Alexis's case, Alexis started at Baylor, got dismissed for whatever reason, transferred to Rutgers, right? Had to sit out a year because of the then NCAA transfer rules, went to Mm -hmm. Texas A&M for a year, then went to play for Kim at LSU. Right. The reason why I say that is because that's, that's three different coaches, right? You got Kim Mulkey. Uh, Vivian Stringer, C. Vivian Stringer, the C. Vivian Stringer, yes. and Gary Blair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Who I feel are all top-notch coaches, right? For whatever, different reasons. Mm-hmm. So as a player who's in college and you know you have goals and dreams and aspiration to play at the next level, how are you preparing for that? And I'm going to say this because I know this for a fact. A lot of college players don't even watch the WNBA. Yeah. And a lot of them don't even start watching it until they're now a senior. And in your mind, you think you're good enough that you're going to go play at the next level. And you think you're just going to show up because of what you did in college and you're good enough. So you can just show up. That's not how that works. (laughs) not even close listen listen, this is now a job yeah so Connecticut Sun I believe have what do they have 22 players on their roster it's a lot 20 20 players 20 20 players and And a max example right I'm only using Connecticut because we're talking about Alexis Morris pretty Mm -hmm. much every team in the W they have over 20 players at training camp and they're all fighting for a job so this is a job now. So yeah, we can sit and have a conversation about colleges and coaches not getting players prepared because I do believe that. People may say I'm biased and maybe I'm a little bit, but I will say this. There is one coach who used to be a player that I feel does a very good job of making sure her players are ready for the next level. And that is Dawn Staley. Mm-hmm. So for players who feel the way Alexis does or did or however you want to put it, if that's important to you, maybe you need to start really doing your homework on choosing the right school for you so that that coach can help prepare you for the next level. Because not every coach can do that. Mm -hmm. And let's just keep it 100. Not every coach really cares about that. Mm -hmm. A lot of coaches care about the moment. Those one, two, three, four, maybe five years now with COVID. I don't know. It's about what can you do for me in this moment, and how can you help me win? Yeah. So to after your, that, you got to go.
1: To your point about Don Staley, she—you shared this tweet with me um, that she tweeted on April thirtieth, first day of training camp. She added to all my babies. <laughs> she added all of her her gamecock rookies and she said you created pro habits your entire gamecock women's basketball career so be true to this because you aren't new to this sending love i How love that? love that she tweeted that i love that just to your point of her saying we have been working on this and and yeah. having training camp in mind throughout your gamecock career but With all that said, you think (laughs) Alexis Morris
2: was throwing shade at Kim Mulkey? I don't know. No, no, no. I I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But what I will say is that's the last coach you played for. Yeah. Y'all just won a national championship. You, You have to be feeling some type of way to record that video. I'm just saying, and listen, oh, but, but I hear you. We're going to agree to disagree. Okay. But if you think, if you're thinking she's referring to some of her teammates in, in training camp, then I need some of her teammates in training camp to come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what, Jordan, I can it. see, I, I, looking back on it, I can see where you get that from. hmm but here's what I'll say in addition to that. Wrong move. Right.
1: Okay. That's <laughs> what people are, are coming after. You're Alexis a rookie. For. You're
2: and you're rookie. still trying to make the team. You're still trying to
1: make the team. Why would you kind of come off on this wrong foot? Kind of talking about other people saying they're not ready. But I will say this. I've never been in a WNBA training camp or or fighting for a spot in this situation. But I would say even just coming from high school to college and you're automatically with grown women and you're like 17 years old. And I was like expecting everyone to have the same fire as I do, the same competitiveness, the same um, love for the game. And I was shocked that some people didn't even really understand basic plays. Like, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Who was your co- what program I get did you it. have? I get it. I get it. I get it. Jordan, you know what listen. I mean? So I think so here- that jump that jump from from college to the pros is even more shocking. And Kelsey Plum, who now has an amazing career, she's talked about how much she struggled and she was a killer in college. And listen, now I she has the dog class the for that.
2: It's a different it's a different ball game. Yeah. I- I don't, and this is not to take anything away from any player out there. College is one thing. Becoming a professional athlete is completely different. Because, again, now you, you, you are a grown woman mm-hmm. with a job. And because of the lack of spots and opportunity, everybody is coming at you every single day saying either, I'm coming for your job or you're not going to take mine. So can I, let, let me go back to why I said what I said. Okay. Okay. So, so hold on. Cause I gotta, I gotta get this right. All right. So Caitlin Bickle, before Kim went to LSU, oh, she
1: was a okay.
2: Baylor and Caitlin played for Kim for at least a year. I don't know how many years, a year or two. Right. So Alexis tweets what she tweets and Caitlin Bickle says, Yes, I'm reading it the way she wrote it, right? Yes, in all caps. The type of play is so different. Thank God for at Nikki Collin taught me so much, and Caitlin Bickle is on Connecticut Sun roster. Uh mm-hmm. Sorry, let me throw this in there. It's Sun S U N, no S on the end of that. People people call it the Connecticut Suns. It's just Connecticut Sun. Tip, sun. One sun. One sun. <laughs> And then Melissa Smith chimes in and says a thousand percent shout out at Nikki Collin for preparing me for the WNBA from terminology to style of play. I, listen, I'm not, I'm just reading what's on social media. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing.
1: So you think I, I'm, I'm trying to interpret your interpretations of Alexis Moore's putting this video out was a dig to her head coach, Kim Mulkey. And then these other players who stayed at, at or were coached by Nikki Colleen at Baylor are trying to give ups to coach Nikki, saying that she prepared them over I, this. I'm saying
2: it's interesting because a lot both Nalissa <laughs> and Caitlin Fickle mm-hmm. were coached by Kim before Kim went to LSU. Mm, got it. But okay. Neither, neither of them, neither mentioned of them her. mentioned her. Both okay. of them, both of them mentioned Nikki, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, because I'll also say this Nikki, Nikki did coach in the W, right? She did yeah. coach Atlanta Dream for some years.
1: hmm Hey.
2: And I'm gonna I- leave it there.
1: I love you said you like criminal minds. This is you putting some (laughs) putting some pieces, putting some
2: pieces together. This is me me not having much of a life the last few days and just being on social media said, Oh, where's the tea? Where's the tea? (laughs) Hey, I I will say this because listen, I'm a fan of Alexis. I I talked to her at the draft, love her game. Alexis, if and when you listen to this, come on our show. I want you let's to clarify. Yeah, let's do it. Caitlin, <laughs> Melissa, come on. Y'all all come. We're big family. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, and
1: I'm actually, I, I have, um, or I want your opinion on this, because Nikki Colleen did tweet the fastest way to get cut in a WNBA camp try to do too much if you're taking shots away from vets you won't make friends play with pace run hard cut hard screen hard watch the vets and drills so you get it right the first time so I guess I love that she tweeted that no doubt what is your advice to some of these rookies and people trying to make a camp what would you say to them
2: first of all I loved everything Nikki said Mm -hmm. um I don't think vets get mentioned enough in training camp, and especially if they're good vets, because not all vets are good vets to learn from, seriously. But if you go into training camp saying, I just got to learn, right? It's a new system. It's a new style, new teammates. The vets are going to set you straight. The coach ain't even going to have to do it. But if you go into a training camp saying, I- I'm going to put this out there only because I know this vet, neka Gumake and um, Zaya Cook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two totally different positions. But neka is a true vet that will take Zaya under her arms, under her wings and say, rookie, let me show you the ropes. Let me show you where you fit, what we need you to do. And if you listen and you buy in, Nine times out of 10, you're going to find yourself on a roster spot. But here's the other thing I'll also say. Even as a rookie, you don't go into training camp being cocky and being arrogant, but you go into training camp being confident in you. Hmm. Because I say to this all the time, there's a reason why that GM or that coach selected you. I don't care where you got drafted, where you got selected. There's a reason why. So you can go into a training camp being confident, and who you are, and your ability and say, you know what, I belong here. You have to feel that way, but mm-hmm. you don't go in feeling, being cocky and arrogant because there's two told that it's two totally different things. Right. And I, I want to go back to Alexis because I watched, uh, I think it was something else on Twitter. I saw yesterday. I loved how vocal she was yeah. and even as a rookie. Right being a leader and talking to her teammates and talking on defense, like coaches, they, they notice that they want that. And especially at her position, that's what you got to be. You got to be vocal. You got to be a leader. So continue to do those things, but also turn to your vets and say, what do you need from me? How can I make, how can I make this team? That is the number one question you should be asking, not just your coaches. Talk to your vets, your vets, most of them. Not all. Most of them are there to help you. <laughs> Not all. Most of them are. <laughs> but you know what? Now is a time, training camp is a time for you to, yes, work on your game, learn the system, learn the style of play, but also get to know the vets on your team. I loved, when I read what Nikki tweeted, I was like, damn, I wish more coaches would do that. Yeah, it, it was Because it would on. absolutely help the players. No doubt about it. Do you just one follow up to that? Do you
1: think that like there's so many teams that have new coaches this year? So even if you're a vet coming into this training camp and kind of you're kind of learning the coach and and what they how they want to run practice and all of those things the same. So do you think um, there's a difference if there's a, a new coach or a vet just still knows how to make it in this league regardless?
2: I don't even think that itself has anything to do with the the coach doesn't because a vet understands. Listen, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but a lot of times a vet is going to go to the coach and have a conversation with the coach, new or not, and say, "Coach, we we need her. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be good, we're going to win. We're going to be successful. She's the right one." So I only say that because in a situation like that, it doesn't even really matter if the coach is new or not, because vets are going to have the coach's ear. That's why I say get to know your vets. Okay. I love anytime you say, I don't know if
1: I should say this because I know (laughs) it's going to be good. Anytime you say that, I know the tea is going to be piping hot.
2: Well, I I just, (laughs) listen, I I go back, when I say stuff like that, I go back to like my Comets days.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: We had myself and Coop and Tina and Tammy. We had a lot of vets, even when the league first started, right? Because a lot of us were vets. It was a brand new league. But as the the years went on and new players were coming in, rookies were coming in. I just remember for me that was something that always resonated with me was how how is this rookie approaching training camp and not to mention the fact that we had we had won right so we were successful so you you have to come in understanding what you're walking into and the best way to do that is to get to know your vets that myself and coop and tina and, and I remember having conversations with Coach Chancellor saying, Coach, she's the one, right? Like, we need her. We didn't need somebody to come in thinking, oh, I'm about to put up 10 shots a game. Nah, mm No, 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 no. <laughs> right? Not when you had players who were like, Coop taking 20. I'm taking 15. Tina taking 10. Right. I'm, know your role. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I I remember having several rookies who came into training camp and I would just sit back and watch them at times like, hmm, let me see. What does she think she is going to come in here and do? Or what does she think her role is going to be on this team before I even had a conversation with them? Like, I think that's one of the most important parts and important ways to either make a team or get cut from a team. Mm hmm. What?
1: mic drop right there I hope you guys are all listening to uh, we ain't uh, dropping the mic we hitting up <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a gavel hit that's what it was <laughs> okay when we come back
1: Cheryl we're gonna go a little uh, um around the world around the horn with some hot topics that I want your opinions on mm. quick opinions on so okay
0: we- Okay,
1: we're back, and I completely made this up right now, so I'm so excited. You said you've been on Twitter, so you know what's been what's been going around. My first one that I want wait
2: some because I don't follow a lot of people. No, no I mean... it's okay. It's okay. All right. Okay, let's go. It's let's
1: fine. See. I we kind of hinted at a couple of them on top of the show, but first we've been talking about LSU. Haley Van Lith is going to LSU. And is joining the reigning national champions. Quick thought, go. Super team. <laughs> One word. Done. We said,
4: we said do you think they are going? Thought.
1: Say it That's now because quick we can. This is May first. you can stamp it and replay it if it actually happens. Do you think they go back to back?
2: Do I think they go to the fight of four, or do I think they win?
1: Win. Hmm. No all right okay we can dig into more of that later um but I I like that she went to LSU she had it between Baylor and Louisville before playing for Kim Mulkey now she says I got two more years potentially I'm gonna
2: go to LSU join up with the team see since you're having a conversation now I gotta come back okay I said I said I said super team but I was I was really joking only because you know it's super team NBA all that here's what I honestly think I love to see it. Yeah. And and Angel Reese and a Haley Van Lith together. And both of them love talking, you know. Mm. But I also think, I think LSU is a really good fit for Haley. I know they won the championship. So people are like, well, you won the championship. How could you need another piece? Haley to me is, she's she's the, the shooter that LSU didn't really have right mm-hmm. but she's also Haley got a little dog in her i, I love she it does. yeah i, I love, love it too
1: i love it too okay great i'm so happy we gotta talk about that for a second um las vegas aces get a brand spanking new practice facility the first WNBA team to really have something of that caliber dedicated to them Candace Parker went on Draymond Green's podcast a little bit ago, and she said she's been in the league for 16 years. She hadn't Mm. had a locker with her name on it. And going to the Aces, she felt like she deserved that. You said you're coming out of retirement to also get that locker. (laughs) What are
2: are your thoughts on this facility? No, 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 no. I'm not coming out of retirement to get my locker because I had a locker with my name on it with the Comets. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, can't relate. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, when she said that, I was like, huh. That confused. was shocking. Yeah. Like confused. How mm-hmm. does it, I don't know. Um, First of all, just beautiful. Beautiful. And I'm not even talking about men, women. I'm talking about period. Beautiful facility. Here's what I will say. Mark Davis gets it. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about investing in women, he is putting his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. That is investing in women saying, I want us to be top notch in every sense of the word. Oh, I will be at that facility. Not Can working I out, but you? I'll be there. I'll be
1: walking I was like, are you out? out? I don't want to work out. I just want the tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not working out, but I am going to see that facility. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. Hmm. And exactly what you said. That was my comment too. The investment is showing and it is so amazing to see. And I think other... Um, teams and programs and you know other players are like man this is this is nice this is what we want too this is what we yeah, want for our know, players you
2: want you want to have an organization that players want to go play for mm-hmm. right and and that type of stuff matters yeah having mm-hmm. having your own practice facility and like like it matters and an owner ownership that that shows you what you truly mean to them and how important you are and they want to give you everything they can possibly possibly give you as a player to help you be successful. That's it. He got it right.
1: He gets it. He gets it. All right. Last one. We talked about the Indiana fever. We talked about the Indiana fever being the training camp. Mm. We are going to be looking at very specifically. And turns out. They've already waived. Emily Anxler.
2: Quick thought on that. Shock. Mm-hmm. I, I was very shocked. Um, I. I thought she was a really. Really good fit. For Indiana. Um, But again. You're talking about new coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe she didn't fit. Um, uh, Christy's style of play i don't know but i did see the mystics picked her up oh i didn't see that The washington mystics picked oh, her up oh i like that so clearly somebody sees something in her and says um we're gonna bring you to our training camp uh-huh. I, I do think she will be on somebody's roster i think so too
1: Oh, that makes me so happy because I felt the same way. I was like, "Dang!" Even before training camp, that's
2: that's coming in just being like that's the part though that I want. You know, but it makes you. That's why I say maybe Christy coming in right had had this vision of this is what my squad's gonna look like. This is Mm -hmm. the type of style we're gonna play in. Maybe she didn't fit. I have no idea. I have no idea that I was. When I saw it, I was like, let me rub my eyes a little bit more. I was like, this didn't happen. But it happened. But yes, the Mystics picked her up. So I was so happy to see that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now I like, I like that. A training camp with her battling with Shakira Austin. That's gonna be that's mm-hmm. gonna be good. Okay. Um, well, that's all I got. Uh I know I was sweating. I thought she was about no, to hit me with something no like no Stop, Jordan. This is this was the first <laughs> one. I, I'm gonna come with some, some spicy takes. We're gonna we got some other um segments in mind, but no, I, I went easy on you today.
2: You were already crying a little bit earlier. I didn't no, want you to. I did, I did. <laughs> uh It was good, though. WNBA training camp is going to be crazy.
1: It's going to be crazy. I'm so excited. Just like week by week, we are going to be able to see the progress um, up until, you know, preseason games. And we're going to be
2: able to talk about it all. So I'm excited. I'm like, some of the training camps might be more exciting than actual games. <laughs> <I know. laughs> what I think of, you know, just the know. Themselves battle themselves of like, no, this is my spot. You mm-hmm. don't get to have it. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Me too. Me too.
1: Okay. Well... If you are loving Queens of the Court, which I know you are because I'm loving it, please follow, rate, and review the show available on Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if there's something you want to hear us discuss, or if you have another case that you need Cheryl to crack... She will do it. I promise you. (laughs) Let us know on social media. You can find her at airswoops22, and you can find me at underscore Jordan Liggins. Queens of the Court is
2: an Odyssey original created in partnership with the WNBA. The show is produced by Alex Ozzie. The executive producer is Lena Moss Glazer. Social media assistance from Isabel Apple. Imaging from T-Storm Battle. Court is adjourned.